You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Time for Geeks Pub. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. We're uh, a week short or a week late, but hey, we're here. I don't remember. I think yeah. somebody was sick last week, or you had to do something. I forget what it was. Yeah, my my wife my wife was ill, so I had to do all the all the uh, weekend child taxi services. So dog ate your homework. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been uh, kind of an eventful month since we've done the show last. When it comes to the geeky stuff, and uh, let's start with uh, what's going on right now. The Marvels finally hit theaters. And yeah. um, I have actually watched it. Right. You did not. I haven't. <laughs> so we were, after my wife being ill yes, uh, last week, and we had a busy weekend last weekend because uh, Charlotte had a competition as well. Um, this weekend, she doesn't have any um, training. Oh, well, she didn't have any training yesterday for her synchronized swimming, which is what she does. So we had the whole day to ourselves, and we were toying with the idea of going to the movies, and I said, well, we, we could go and see the Marvels. That all seemed to be quite enthusiastic. And then we start looking at locations and prices and times. <laughs> the family, unprompted, said to me, well, you know what? It'll be on Disney Plus a couple of months' time, so maybe we just won't bother going. Yeah. And then Charlotte said, well, we could go and see Wish, which is another Disney, the latest Disney animated, and everyone went, yeah, but it, it'll be on Disney Plus in a couple of months. So we would just won't bother. Um, um, I, I wonder, I wonder if, how much that happens. Well, there's that. But if it was getting rave reviews and everyone was talking about how great it was, do you think it would have swayed you guys yeah. to actually seeing it? Uh, I, I expect so. And, and the thing is, I mean, what's been characteristic post-COVID is an awful lot of movies just kind of come out and then vanish. I mean, it's, it's the way things you look the way before social media and the internet the way things used to be only the very biggest movies the star wars and uh those sorts of things were the movies that kind of broke into public consciousness and everybody said i must go and see it these movies are just dropping and disappearing like stones i mean blue beetle came out a couple of months ago and i remember seeing ads before it came out and then it vanished and the marvels has been pretty much the same so I can only presume it's been relatively tepid response in terms of, uh, you know, I, in fact, I think most of the reviews, non-spoiler reviews I've read have gone, yeah, it's okay, it's fun, but um, nobody's going, wow, this is amazing, you have to go and see it. Uh, yeah, no, as someone who has watched it, it's it's not amazing. Uh, it's, it's pretty bad. It's right. not as bad as, say, um, oh, I want to say Immortals. Uh, no, I think uh, actually Quantumania was a well, they're both pretty bad. Yeah. Um, the post-credits scene remember, is I remember just nonsensical, too, so it's right. like, Jesus Christ. Is anybody well, even paying attention at Marvel anymore? Yeah. Did, well, I do remember that Captain Marvel, when it came out, you didn't really like it, and I actually quite enjoyed it. So, obviously, there's a spectrum, but certainly I, I agree with you is that, like you said, this, nobody's raving about this movie. No, no, it's, yep. I mean, the best part is Miss Marvel, to be honest with yep. you. Um, Monica Rambeau feels like she was just crammed in there for reasons, which <laughs> I, I don't understand. Uh, she was completely unnecessary. And yeah. they even kind of addressed, like, who the hell is this person? She's like, so you got your powers from a witch? Well, I went through a barrier, and yeah, now I have powers. 
Which, okay, <laughs> then that was a thing, I guess. And, and, uh, right. So, again, the, I mean, we've talked before about the fact that now you need to do study before you watch these shows, before you watch these movies, because obviously Monica Rambeau came out of WandaVision, and not everybody watched WandaVision. A lot of people Certainly, did, but not enough. But I don't, yeah, not, well, not, yeah. I, I, like I said, the, the, so it's, it's always the issue now is, is do you, and we've talked about this before, is, is do you address the kind of the hardcore Marvel fan in these things, or do you um, try and be a bit, um, a bit wider, a bit more open, a bit more, um, you know, to people who are more casual fans? And I think that's something where Marvel has, because of the huge continuity they've built, is really starting to struggle now. Because they want to uh, put the put the hardcore stuff in there. They want to address um, all of these shows and, and things they've done with characters they've created. But there's going to be an awful lot of people coming to the theatre who are going to go, who the hell is that? Never heard of them. Well, you know? here's here's my problem with uh, this movie and what Marvel's been doing in general. They're putting out too much content. I think that's... Yeah. And it's not good content. Uh, some of it's pretty decent, like, I thought the Hawkeye uh, TV series was great. That was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I think WandaVision was really good. I think Captain America... Um, not Captain... Yeah, Captain America and yeah, Winter Falcon, Soldier. Falcon, well, yeah. Falcon, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <clears throat> was this okay? Um, yeah. I've I've yet to have any desire to re-watch that series. But I did. Um, Hawkeye, I rewatched it. It held yeah. up extremely well. Um, but these are characters that they had built up over time. Now you could say, well, they did that with Captain Marvel. She was in five films leading up to this one, but they didn't really do anything with her. You don't really, she was a, she's a weapon. Yeah, she, that's, that's exactly. What, that's what they use her for. She's an over, she's one of the most overpowered characters they got. And so they bring her in to save the day when they need power. Yeah. That's all they do. There isn't. There is very the characterization they have for Captain Marvel was in the original movie, and I enjoyed that more than you did. But even there, it was pretty thin. Really, because really half thin. Of the, half of the movie, she 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 doesn't know who she is, and, and they you know it was really all brought together in the third act. Um, and uh, well, it was and, attempted and so, to bring yeah. together in the third act. Yeah. I think they failed. But, but yeah, uh, so so that that's the that's one of the issues there. Look, I've, I'm very. I'm very struck by the approach to this with something I watched last night, which was the first of the 60th anniversary Doctor Who specials, which which launched on the BBC last night. And what they're doing with Doctor Who is they're bringing back a previous, you know, the for anyone who doesn't know, the 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 thing with Doctor Who is that when he when he dies, he regenerates into a new face, into a new person, and that way they bring in a new actor and they keep the series going. And I think he's on four, fourteen actors at this point but what they did is they brought back the actor who played him 10 years ago and as the 10th doctor david tennant who many many feel was one of the best ones um and so last time when he regenerated he regenerated back into david tennant which has never happened before and then they did a whole story an hour story which was about him and one of his earlier companions again who's one of the best loved ones now there was a whole load of stuff you needed to know to make that work and you know how they did it just before the show started they had a a breaking the fourth wall commentary by him and also the other character the companion basically bringing you up to speed on what happened last time they met and and what the situation was and it just meant 
everybody, even people, even my daughter, who, who doesn't, she was too young. She doesn't remember this doctor at all. She sat down, she, she knew exactly what was going on, and the whole story worked. Oh, and by the way, the story was completely, even though there was aliens and shooting and explosions and everything, the story was completely character-driven rather than um, special effects And driven. that's where Marvel the whole, got away from, yeah. is the character-driven. Yeah. It's about the stories and the character. Yeah. It's not about the special effects. It really is Yeah. When, when you do those things badly, when the story isn't very good, you don't have the characterization, and on top of that, they... The special effects is just not good. Nothing's going to save it. Yeah. And I don't care how good the special effects are. If it's a crappy movie, it's a crappy no, movie. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's always been a problem. Yeah. That's with with this movie, you know, we just had um, Secret Invasion, yeah. which portrayed <laughs> some just... scrolls as bad guys. And then this movie, they're right back to where they were the last time you were in the movie theater in captain marvel where they're refugees but they're on a different planet so you're like well wait a minute right. i thought they were okay yeah i thought they were all on earth yeah and, no, the and whole point about secret invasion is they're all on earth and, and that's not the case <laughs> i guess um and then nick fury goes through this big thing kind of i guess where he's very serious and only he can save the world and in this one he's basically comic relief Right. Like, there's absolutely nothing to do with Secret Invasion. He never talks about well, the scroll woman maybe, that he was married to, I guess, or may, maybe Maybe that's a good thing, but it does make the people who watched it go, well, what was the point of all of that? Right. You know, the whole, the whole point is you're meant to have... I mean, we've all watched movies where they've abandoned previous continuity because they didn't think it was very good. But the, the whole point about Marvel is it's meant not to be like that. <laughs> You know the gag in the first Captain Marvel where the cat's actually an alien, it's not really a cat? Yeah. yeah. They bring yeah. that back, and it has a major role. And you're like, why? Nobody... Because because everybody... They, because they the people who did that thought it was really cute the first time around. But the, but that's the problem. Is it... Whether, you, whether that hit for you or not, they've done it before. Yeah. So why are they doing it again? It makes no you sense. Know? It, it, well, it, it, it makes it makes it does make sense. Unfortunately, it makes sense because a lot of the you you do have to wonder now if the problem at Marvel is because um, the purity of vision that originally was centered around Kevin Feige and and his team is now being interfered with by a whole load of people who are saying, well, we want this, we want that. Oh, the 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 cat was awesome in the last movie. What do you mean you're not going to have him in this one? Yeah, you know because the cat sells toys and the cat sells mugs and the cat sells lunch boxes and uh you know nick fury being funny is all also part of that as well monica rambo has to be there because they need more action figures this is this is part of the issue with, with when you have something when it is just like anything else you know when it's small when it's low key when it's relatively low risk for a studio they leave the creatives alone to get on with it because then they think well if you if you don't pull it off yeah then we'll just send you but now when it becomes this multi-billion dollar thing, every everybody involved thinks, I've got to have my input because without my input and my uh, business sense and what have you, it won't ever be the multi-billion dollar thing again. And it needs to be the multi-billion dollar thing because that drives the theme parks and the lunchboxes and the mugs and the toys. And, and of course, that's very much part of what Disney is about. And, of course, what happens is you get a whole lot of people who don't know what they're doing putting in their thing. You get movies by committee. And, yeah, this is it's you know, pretty bad. This movie 
does things that, without spoiling too much, um, you wonder how, is this the future now? Because there's things going on. There's a, there's literally spaceships flying around Earth. Like, what the, f- uh, how is this a thing? I thought everybody was brought back just a few years ago from the blip. And now we've jumped about, I don't know, 50 years into the future. How, but everyone's the same. How did this happen? This quick, it, it makes yeah, no again, sense. There's no explanation. That, They're just like, this is it. Let's yeah. go. And, now and we're yeehaw on an adventure. Right. Just, to bring, just to bring back Doctor Who for a minute, the way Doctor Who deals with that in continuity, because very much part of what they want to do is show um, stories centered around Earth. And really, an Earth kind of like a Britain of today. And obviously, over the years of Doctor Who, there's been alien invasions, there's been Daleks, there's been all sorts of things. And and what they they basically do is they say, well, you know what, people can't, people's minds can't really comprehend all this stuff. So they tend to see it and then ignore it and shrug and go back to things. They do it in this episode. A spaceship goes across London, looks like it's crashing, and everyone stares up at it. And as soon as it, it's out in the sky, everyone just kind of shrugs their shoulders and go back, goes back to their lives. And this is, again, the, a problem that Marvel has, is that you've had all this stuff going on now. And then, so you're moving away from what made these movies attractive in the first place, which was they were happening, they, they looked in like... the real they, world. You know... Yeah, they look like Iron Man could fly over your house at any time. Yep. And that would be kind of cool. But it's the more more you go into a uh, a future which is further away from what we have, then the less engaging they become unless you pull off a really deep well thought out world. When you take a character like Captain America and you base him in reality, same thing with Iron Man. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Iron Man, when you watch that movie, it feels like that could actually happen, right? Exactly. Captain yeah. America, he, was, yeah. they give him this kind of special formula. He gets all swollen and big, and you know now he's fast and strong. Okay, that kind of feels like it could happen. Uh, the Hulk is exposed, and he comes. That yeah. feels like it could kind of happen. Even Thor, even Thor, a Norse god. <laughs> It's really, they're not really Norse gods. They're more of an alien civilization. Okay, we kind of buy it. But yeah. they kept going and going. But they weren't basing it in reality. You just, oh, yeah. this person. Why does Monica have powers? Because she passed through a spell. It makes, it's it's <laughs> so dumb. Um, I think well, they try to expand yeah. to sea level characters without taking the time to make us give a shit about these sea level characters. And that yeah, is I, the problem. I, I've got to be honest, one of the things, I mean, as as we've talked about, I like the first Captain Marvel movie, but I felt one of the weakest parts of it was how she got her powers, which was she was exposed to an exploding something based off an Infinity Stone. And, and it, it didn't, I didn't understand why... Um, that made her so powerful it 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 was it was just a, a macguffin a thing that happened in the movie yep. whereas at least at least you know the the science might be uh fiction yeah science obviously science fiction but a super serum aimed at creating a perfect human uh gamma ray exposure on doing something in in into somebody's cells to to you know do that when they're angry um you know even superman be, looking from a different uh, universe being an alien who's exposed to our particular sun that gives him these incredible powers it 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 might not be real but it logically makes sense yes. whereas captain marvel Oh, she just happened to be near an engine and exploded. And instead of killing her, it gave her these incredible superpowers. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, why? 
know, yeah, there why? was things that how just do, didn't make how sense. Does, and of course, that's problem. One, well, the problem with Captain Marvel is you don't really know what she can do because you don't know what powers she's got. You don't know what her limits are, and that's why she tends to be used as a weapon. Well, and, I also don't think Brie Larson know, is that a, a good enough actress to pull it off. She doesn't have the. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about her I just don't buy her acting. She feels like, well, this is just Brie Larson. She's the same person and everything. I started watching yeah. this series on Apple TV that she be she's it's back in the 40s or 50s. I think the 50s, and uh, she works in a lab and she's actually brilliant, but she's a woman, so she doesn't get anything. Yeah falls in love with the guy and eventually she becomes some kind of a cooking person on TV using her right. chemistry. But her character is so freaking boring. I finally gave up on it. it right. She's just boring. She, she, it's yeah. like, she doesn't know how to emote. It's like, and yeah, but I don't, I don't now you compare her acting yeah. to, um, Miss Marvel. I can't remember her, the actress's yeah, the, name. The, 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 the girl. Yes. Um, she uh, is, yes. uh, is is something Villani, yeah, yeah Mila Villani or something like yeah. that. Yeah, she, she is, is not, brilliant not in her own show. In her I own show, she's them, great. Yeah, I in, can't call her Mila Mila Villani because Villani because that sounds like Mila Vanilli, and she's not Mila Vanilli. No, um, in this movie, she's the only redeeming quality. You completely yeah. buy because in the TV series, she's way into Captain Marvel. Her room yeah. has decorations, and you see this in the trailer. Um, She's the only character that's worth anything in this because I completely believe her. When she sees someone in danger, she wants to go help them. And you can yeah. you can feel that she has to go help these people. That's what she that's who she is. With the other characters, no, they're just going through the paces. You could tell Miss Marvel mm-hmm. doesn't really give a shit. Um yeah. at one point they can't save somebody and you could see Miss Marvel doesn't really care or Miss Marvel cares. It bothers her. Yeah. Captain Marvel was like, yeah. well, sometimes you just have to, you know, make sacrifice. <laughs> just nothing. It doesn't even bother yeah. her. You could just, it, it's just really not a good movie. Now, you mentioned Blue Beetle, one that came yeah. to the theaters and kind of disappeared quickly. Um, Blue Beetle is a better movie, and it's not good. Right. But it's right. a way better movie. I, I actually cared about these characters. It seemed believable. Now, it seems more like 90s trope type of superhero stuff not yeah. more modern but i completely bought it and i like the characters so yeah and it's kind of based in more reality than the marvels is uh, it, right. it's a sad state of affairs but it, it is what it is see, see what guardians of the galaxy did was it took all the cosmic stuff and it basically kept it mostly off the earth yep um so you just buy in the, it in the first couple of movies and then you can buy it because it's a different environment when you try and mix them together i mean obviously the the, the third one kind of brings it to earth like places uh and is is yeah it's not quite as good to be honest um but that's part of the problem at the time we all hailed them saying oh you know marvel's gone cosmic but they've done it in a way that works yeah and you know, problem with Captain Marvel is Captain Marvel kind of tries to straddle the two things. I do. I'm, I'm not going to go out as far as you and say that Brie Larson is a bad actress. I mean, she's an Oscar winner. She must. I she don't must, know. I've never seen she her. She must in be able to do that... well. Yeah, but I, I do. I do appreciate what you say. What did she win an Oscar for? Uh, the Room. She was in. 
you, I, you uh, lost, which I she must have must have been uh, where where she's basically she's trapped with a child. You know, kind of she's been kidnapped and she's trapped for years with by by somebody who's kidnapped her. But the thing is, is that I, now I presume there are emotions in that. She would she must have been able to deliver that to to win an Oscar, even in the Oscar system, not necessarily being the best, but the one that gets the most the most popularity. Um, so I'm not going to go that. But I do appreciate what you mean. There's there's a certain I don't know the way Blandness. she approaches. Blandness. Yeah, the way she she approaches the character, the the characterization of of being Captain Marvel. There's a certain it it does seem to be lacking something. Yes. Um And I say that as somebody who enjoyed the first movie more than you did. But I do I do understand where it comes from. And uh, you know anybody who follows the what happens on social media know that there's a there's a certain contingent of Marvel fandom who absolutely detest Brie Larson. Yeah. Um, so I don't detest uh, you know, anybody to be no, honest. I, no, well, I know, but I, there's but a political I, I, figure I, think, I detest. I, that's a different I think, uh, I think that's probably where that grows out of is people who don't like her performance. And then, you know, they're kind of girls in movies. We don't want that. Um, but um, I do, I do appreciate what you say. And uh, yeah, I'm not surprised to hear from your view that this wasn't a great movie. Um, and and I would definitely agree. I think if there would have been a lot of buzz around this, they don't. I mean, all right, let, let's play devil's advocate for a minute. They couldn't do a lot of promotion because of the strike, which has only just finished. Which is is a is a um, is a factor here in generating buzz. Um, but nevertheless, I I just you know these movies just seem to be dropping without sinking without a trace. Here's the good news, David. You know, here's the good news. In 2024, Marvel have one movie. That's it. Yeah. And it's Deadpool yeah. 3, which, to yeah. be honest, is the one I'm looking forward to the most right now. Yeah. Uh, it's Ryan yeah. Reynolds, and I haven't seen him in anything just terrible in a long, long yeah. time that I could think of. And, and not only that, he, he I mean, Deadpool and and the, and his sensibilities is just a perfect perfect fit. match absolutely yeah exactly you and know he's very he's very wry he's yep. very funny and he's passionate he's about irreverent. the character and yeah, that and he's, goes a long yeah, ways that's the other thing he's passionate i mean you, you know the football thing he's done everything he's passionate about a lot of things but when he's passionate about something he fully commits to it and let's face it deadpool in the movies would not exist without ryan reynolds so true you know that's how that's how passionate he is he even filmed a deadpool move a deadpool clip to show how you could do a Deadpool movie before anybody was even thinking about doing Deadpool. He basically made it happen. Yep. So, you know, let's, uh, let's give that guy props. And, and I'm sure Deadpool three, particularly with Hugh Jackman coming back as Wolverine is going to, is going to be a fun time. Yeah. I'm, I'm in for that one, but I'm glad yeah. that's the only Marvel movie. Yeah. I'm glad because man, the last four have been just terrible. I mean, just yeah. not good. And I think they need to stop with the multiverse stuff. And I know Deadpool is going to do the multiverse. And I'm hoping this is the last one for this stuff. Because I'll be honest with you, a lot of people are like, well, maybe they need to bring back the original Avengers and stuff. Because that's what we like. Well, we like them because they told good stories. They were well done. I don't care who the, the superhero is. I really don't. Yeah. Just make a good movie that I care about the characters. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think they could bring the original Avengers back now because unlike unlike in movie world, in real world, those actors all get older, right? And they you forget those movies are quite old now. Yeah, yeah? those 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 actors are all gone from being in their thirties to being in their forties, and it just wouldn't it wouldn't look right. 
It well, just you need to tell absolutely. that to Arnold Schwarzenegger and. Uh, well, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger looks like a boiled sweet. Yeah, he kind of does. <laughs> uh, let's talk about something that is kind of, um, well, the opposite. I, you know, we we get on Netflix that they have shows and they seem the quality seems to be really going down. I saw this trailer for, and I thought, ah, I'll watch one episode, see if it's worth anything. Um, and I got to be honest with you, it's I, I'm I'm really kind of blown away. Uh, Blue eyed samurai is that what it's called? Yes, blue eyed yeah, samurai. That's what it's called. Yeah, and, and this has this currently has a hundred percent rotten tomato score. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> that means everybody who can be bothered to go to the rotten tomatoes site to rate it thinks it's amazing. And I and I have to agree. <laughs> it is yeah. really, really, really good. Uh, I think it's six or eight episodes, mm-hmm. seven episodes, something like that. Um, I binged it. Not all at once, but I binged it within like four days. That's how good it was. Um, so I was, this is, is, is the, this is a Japanese animation. Is it is it a true anime? I mean, uh, is it in that Japanese style or is it a more regular style? It's more regular style with right. anime type of character looks to them. But... Okay, but you, you don't don't put it in that genre though, because it's kind of its own thing. Well, it really is. Yeah. It's very it's based pic- in in reality. There's no, you know, the anime thing is they hit the ground and they show all the lines. Rah! You know, there's none of okay. that crap. This is very right. reality based. Um, okay, because that that style of anime, I know many many people love it, but it does put some people off. It kind of right. does to me too. I don't really like true anime style stuff. It it doesn't work for me. Um, but this is just fantastic. It really is. They do an animation, subtle little looks. One character will look at the other character and convey so much that Marvel's last four movies haven't been able to replicate that in live action, let alone animation. Usually, animation is. You know, you're not getting quite the emotive and the you don't really feel about these characters because it is animation. No, yeah, none of that is true here. This is just it's simply fantastic. They couldn't wow. make this better in live action. They just couldn't. Um, and it is kind of a what do they say in this? Um, they kind of compared it to do like a mashup of two different things, but Kill Bill versus Yentl. Mm, yeah, kind is- of. I could see more well, of the Kill Bill in there. Yeah, that's why. That's what the co-creator says they had in mind. So it's, it's somebody's trying to find their origins at the same time as being, you know, it's being a big action kind of. It has its action, you know, but it keeps going back in time to show you how the characters became what they are. Yeah. And characters that you think are very one-dimensional when they first introduce them, these side characters by the end you realize these are fully fleshed out three-dimensional characters there's other things going on here Mm. and i thought this person was going to be this trope and then oh no now they're going to be this oh no now they're going to be it it was just really well done i highly recommend this to anybody who wants to just watch something that's just fantastic somebody that created this the voice actors and um the the creator himself he had a vision and nobody interfered with it is what it feels like he made yeah. exactly you, the show he wanted to make 
So you know full well this has been such a big hit on Netflix that Netflix are already planning to do a live-action Americanized version. Well, this you know is, that this is Americanized as it is. This this doesn't oh, yeah, feel but, like a yeah, Japanese but, thing but, that was translated at all. They they will be going. Oh yeah, animation's great, but we need to do a live-action version. They will be doing that. That is Netflix all over. Yeah, <laughs> no. probably. Well, that's more Disney all over, to be honest. Well, yeah, but I think Netflix as well. Um, you know, they are all about the spin-offs now. I've just been watching the reality show Squid Game they did. Um, and, uh, you know, if you like reality, it's kind of fun. Um, I, do, I do think it's a bit crazy that they, they uh, all the, uh, all the um, participants, if they get eliminated they have like a black black ink squib on their chest that goes off and then they all fall over like they've been shot yeah and so i'd be sat there going i ain't falling over yep. you can squib me all you want i am not gonna lie down the floor and pretend to be dead yeah <laughs> um big star wars news kind of i guess maybe dave fioni yeah. is now what is he the chief creative officer of star wars yeah uh, yeah He's he's basically Star. He's 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 a Star Wars version of Kevin Feige. Is is what is what this is being pitched at. But again, as we've just been saying, you know, Kevin Feige is not the is not the power he used to be within the Marvel universe. Right. And we know full well one of the problems we've had with Star Wars is not the the guys running things, but again, we feel that the creators, particularly Kathleen Kennedy, interfere and direct things to be made that probably shouldn't be made and all of that so it'll be interesting to see how much how much actual power he has to be able to resist those things and and i take this to be um we know that kathleen kennedy is the problem we don't want to fire her for whatever reason so this guy's really kind of in charge of star wars now she's more of a figurehead but this is the guy that's in charge that's how i'm reading this yeah, but the the success of that strategy all depends on how much she can she can be told to keep her nose out, her and her team, because I don't think it's just her, to, to keep I their agree. noses out and leave him to run it the way he wants to run it. Now, um, I would have been more exciting, know. except he, he's not the be-all and end-all of Star Wars no, stuff. No. I mean, if you uh, look at... He, he destroyed Boba Fett. Yep. Boba Fett was and one of the best characters I've ever seen, and yet it, it, it's really bad. And uh, as we've said, we've got mixed feelings about the most recent series, Ahsoka, which was a direct sequel to one of his earlier com- uh, cartoon series. And we've kind of feel that, that well, that that show also had massive, massive problems. So um, yes, it's not like everything he touches turns to gold. No. But having said that. You know, um, there's no doubt that the renaissance of newer stuff rather than the original, you know, Skywalker saga um, in the Star Wars universe is is very much not completely, but uh, a lot down to Dave Fioni. So um, he's got that going for him. You know, know. if they'd have given this to um, what's the other guy? Happy. Happy Hogan. Yeah. Um, well, but he, he also had problems with... He, he was also there for Boba Fett. 
He was, yes. I, I, I think we all we all accept Boba Fett was a mistake. Hopefully, including them. But um, what's what's the guy's name? I'm oh just God. drawing a blank. It's right there on the tip of my tongue. I just lost yeah. internet access here. And yet we're still speaking to each other. How does well, that work? Well, it says you're offline. Seeing if uh, because I'm on my phone and this is the box, so right. I'm on five G rather than my Wi-Fi. Okay, thank God for 5G. Um, Happy Hogan actor. John Favreau, of course. Yes, yes, that's who it is. I'd have been, if they'd have given the Dave Fioni role to John Favreau, I kind of really would have been excited by that. Because that was a, that, yeah, John Favreau is a guy who, who basically. Here, here's the problem. Beca- he, yeah, here's the problem between. Everything looks good, so I'm trying to do two things at once. John Favreau is he he understands story he has a diverse background when it comes to being in movies and a director and an actor he's done all kinds of different projects from Iron Man to Rudy um Dave Fioni has only ever done Star Wars yeah and that's the problem and while you and I love Star Wars you have to bring more stuff into it than simply um the law the yeah it's it yeah I don't need stuff that has to 100% fit into what you've created in the last, you know, 50 years. What I want is good stories. And when you give me something like Boba Fett, which is just nonsensical and bad, and right in the middle of the whole season, you break out to another character that has nothing to do with this. Those things don't work. And I think uh, this thing is flashing fine. This is weird. Hold on while I unplug my router and plug it back in. Right. The plug is so tight. Why do they make the plug so tight? (laughs) Just stop people doing accidentally what you just did. Yeah, well. Yeah. Um I I think you need someone that understands characters, not their background. Look at What's the what's and I mean the first season of the Mandalorian was excellent, but actually what's the best Star Wars show we've had in the whole run? It's been Andor. And yeah. Andor is very much you know, it really pushes the law stuff to the background. That it's very much about, you know, well, here's a guy, he's in the Star Wars universe, he's living with the Empire, he's dealing with that. Um, the Empire is unfair. Things happen to him. And yes, there is a B story, which is about the rise of the Alliance. And then we've got a guy who may or may not be, um, you know, may or may not be a Jedi who's who's kind of guiding the whole thing. Um, but that's that's not the focus of it. And it becomes much more li- alive when it's much less about the space, the space priests and all of that. Yep. And much as we love all of that, we've had tons and tons of it and we are desperate for for more of the you know how what's it like to be you know to be a working guy in um you you know i'd love i'd still i've said this before i'd love to see a star wars show where literally um the empire is just something they deal with locally but it's just a you know it's just a guy doing a job and uh you know it has very little to do with the the rise of the alliance and the civil war and all that and it's just a guy trying to scrape a living in in a in the star wars universe you know and he could be you could make him a little bit of a a a, you know a kind of a pirate or a scumbag or whatever you know but just a guy trying to get by you know uh or or 
That it was kind of Han Solo because I mean that was one of it, and he gets sucked into it. I mean well, that yeah, kind of could, where that's where he started. He's like, I don't care about your, your yeah. Politics but the thing, the thing, and, the, the thing is, if we had ten episodes where we had somebody who wasn't getting involved, right? I, even if you, and, and I think it would be more interesting if you didn't have them sucked in, but you just had them having to adapt because the civil war is starting and happening. You know, rather than having to to make them turn into a hero let's have a character who's a little bit light and shade and actually doesn't have a burning desire to pay, save people he's just motivated by his own concerns and uh, you know you could do you could do anything like that. you could do a breaking bad type show where in fact he's some sort of um you know he gets pulled into the criminal underworld unwillingly and finds he's actually quite good at it you could do all sorts of things but you just keep all the um, the big stuff at, at a distance. Yeah. I think that would be very interesting. You know, how, how about a guy who fixes up droids? You know, what about the, what about those little droid guys from, uh, from Andor and from um, the Mandalorian? I mean, what's their story? I mean, Andor kind of started that way in the, you know, yeah, the but, but the thing is, of- obviously, yeah, but obviously Andor has to get to a point that we already know. You know, it's it's aiming towards a fixed point in time. It has to take a guy who starts like that and ends up being the 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 Alliance hero. I'm interested in a story where, you know, just as we live our lives, we you know we're, people do good things and bad things and that sort of thing based on the situations they were in around them. And you've got a whole galaxy full of aliens and amazing things and technology and all of that. And it, I think it'd be interesting to see a, sh- see a show where uh, people just, you know, they just live in that world and they have to respond to that. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, oh, this person's going to be a, grow into a, a huge hero. Yeah, huge it's a pod hero. racer. It's this guy. Yeah. He's a pod racer. He's kind of uh, homeless, if you will, maybe. And, he wants to make money so he can afford a, a place for his wife and child and pod yeah. racing on Tatooine is his ticket out of there. And it's six episodes of him building his thing and scheming and getting into the race. Yeah. And that would be yeah. interesting. And look, you, you could do anything. Look, you could do Jawas, the sitcom. <laughs> I mean, that, you that know, you could funny. put the guys who were in charge <laughs> right. of robot chicken in front of that. <laughs> exactly yeah you could have them and these you know you had these arguing little guys who are really aggressive yeah even though they're tiny and they're only interested in junk and you could just have a sitcom set on one of those crawlers it would be hilarious yeah i mean look we we've we've seen look at look at um look what they've done with star trek and lower decks yeah they've taken they've taken the format and they've twisted it into something that nobody ever thought it would could be and they've made it work yeah, there's no reason why you couldn't do that for Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, Just, you know, Dave kind of did. It was Dave, called the holiday you, special, but yeah. Well, yeah. Dave, if you sat there in your big new office, get a hold of thinking, us. I've been faking it to make it, and what am I going to do now? It's all on me. Uh, we're waiting for your call. So, <laughs> you posted this review to uh, switching over to video games, I guess. The yep. Atari 2600 Plus. Now, remember, a, a year ago, I bought this this new Atari game thing that connects to the internet, and you can play 2600 games. And Basically, it's a piece. Yeah, it's yeah. like a PC in an Atari box. Yeah. 
Um, and I yeah. and I kind of liked it, although it's boxed away, and I'll probably never touch it again at this point. Well, I don't I don't think they've done much in terms of new software for it. They haven't. That was one of the problems. Yeah. Um, and everything I could play on it, I could play on other devices and easier and better without yet another thing yeah. plugged in and sitting on a shelf somewhere. Um, this is a recreation of the Atari 2600, slightly smaller, like a third scale or yeah. a two-third scale. Um, and it takes cartridges. It doesn't have anything built in. It's basically an Atari 2600 that when you plug a cartridge in, it just copies that cartridge into ROM and then it plays the game. So, yeah, this is my problem with it, right? We, with, there are companies who are out there who are basically using modern technology to recreate old systems. Um, Analog is, the, is probably the most well-known one. And you can buy from them things that will take a Super Nintendo cartridge or a Game Boy cartridge. And they're using FPGA, which is effectively software, software-creatable hardware chips, to recreate the guts of these old systems so they can run the cartridges natively, yep. but with all the modern the modern accoutrements we want. Yeah. You know, tweaks, yeah, good, better controls, good battery life, um, the ability to output to modern displays, which none of these classic systems can anymore. And obviously the fact that, you know, it's new hardware, it can be updated as required, and um, it's Save not going to break down on you. pausing, yeah, exactly. all kinds of cool yeah. stuff. Right. So that's how this stuff is generally done now. And you're right. There are two approaches that you either um, use an FPGA and most of those people tend to use original hardware like cartridges or you can write an emulator. And there are hundreds and hundreds of systems that run emulators. You can get especially for these classic 1980s systems you can get emulator runs on virtually anything now if you want to play these games. And I've got a few and I even have one that has cartridges. I've got the... um, What's what's it called now? The uh, the Blaze one. Um, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Right. So, Atari comes out with this, and and as we've said it before, this isn't the original Atari, but this is a company that is bought the Atari name and a lot of the Atari IP, and is is a nostalgia company. But they are kind of they're setting themselves up to be the official Atari as nostalgia company. Fine. They come out with this. It looks like a twenty six hundred. And unlike um, the systems we've seen before from, you know, there's those mini C64 systems and there's a mini Amiga system, they're basically running emulators and store the games in memory. This, as you say, uses cartridges. But the problem is, it's not FPGA, it's an emulator. So what happens is you stick your cartridge in, you get your combat cartridge, say, you kept from back in the day, you want to play combat again. And you turn it on, and for five to ten seconds, you see nothing. That's because it is effectively copying the cartridge into memory so it can run it through an emulator so really at that point and and this thing is not particularly cheap at that point i have to ask myself if if all i'm doing is copying the code into memory to run it in an emulator why didn't i just run it on an emulator yeah and you know because then i don't need physical cartridges which aren't the easiest things in the world to get hold of particularly nowadays yeah uh, and so basically I've got all the inconvenience of cartridges and and then the because one of the problems with software emulation is it tends not to be completely accurate. Correct. Um, yeah, especially when you're then doing things like um, so this is the worst of both outputting worlds. that to HMI. Yeah, it's, the worst it's of both technically worlds for emulation, um, but it's slow and you get none of the benefits of a current modern emulated system. No, no safe states. No, no, nothing. Uh, it's no like, ability to hey, change hey, things. Hey, kids, it's like playing your Atari 2600 50 years ago, but <laughs> I, I oh, don't yeah, see the point of it either. Worse. Yeah. 
So apparently you can get a, a, I don't know whether it comes in the box or not, but you can get a cartridge with... It comes you'd in have the box, if, 10 in 1. Yeah, all right, a 10 in 1. So for a start, 10, really. I mean, for me, I'd want all the games. Yeah. All the games. This one cartridge every has game. every Atari 2600 made a game ever made. Exactly. If you had that, I would be much less hard on this because the total 2600 library, you know, kind of fits on a third of a, C- a quarter of a CD ROM or something. I mean, it's yeah. tiny because these games were tiny, right? Yeah. No, they haven't done that for presumably for licensing and money reasons. They want to sell more cartridges. What's worse is, do you know how you select the games on that cartridge? You don't do it through a menu on the system because the 2600 can't support that and their emulator can't support that. You have to fiddle with tiny little dip switches on the cartridge to choose the game. Dip switches, for those who've never seen them, is basically, if you can imagine a light switch, but you made it as small as physically possible while still being able to change it, that's what a dip switch is. It's a little thing you had to use like a toothpick to switch between one and the other. And they, they tended, back in the day, they tend to come in banks about 10. And if you wanted to select something with that, you'd have to basically set in a binary number using these 10 switches. That's basically what this cartridge does. So, again... Even worse, right? For anybody who wants to play 2600 games, yeah, you go down, go and download a free 2600 emulator. There's uh, about a thousand of them, and you can find the entire 2600 library online. Yeah, play it that way, or buy an analog system or something um, like that. I Don't, believe that nobody should the buy this. Archive has pretty much anything. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, internet, oh, by the way, my thing came back up. Atari. 2600. All right, let's see what they've got. Complete set 2020. Uh, let's see what this is. It is not a complete set. I don't know what this is. Hmm. Atari 2600 complete set 2020. I don't know what that. I don't. But they have the um, the complete ROM collection. They have. I mean, yeah. Everything is online, and, want- and these are so and small want- that literally I could. I could put, in fact, I did do this on, um, oh, what's that? I, I had a website that I still own it. I still maintain it as far as keeping it up to date and stuff, but I haven't posted anything forever. Not new video games. That's the website. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see. I literally put an, a game on, yeah, uh, play, yeah, The Empire Strikes Back for the Atari 2600. Um, mm-hmm. I just, Brought up the page. I hit. It's downloading it. It's done. It's ready to play. Yeah, yeah. So there are plenty of websites where you can play these online in a web browser. Um, and uh, you know, if you want the if if you want the original feel, the original joysticks. Some people want to get the nostalgia of the original joysticks. Go out and buy a. The Atari Flashback's been making these systems for like fifteen years. Yeah. Yeah, and now most of those have most of the games in. Certainly the games you want to play. Go and buy one of those, but please, nobody buy this. I don't want to encourage Atari no, to keep doing this because this, this is such a poor effort. Yeah. Don't 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 do it, people. It's you're wasting yeah. your money. Nostalgia yeah. is a powerful thing. If you want an Atari twenty six hundred, go on eBay, you can buy one for thirty bucks. Yeah, the, look, the problem with the original ones is that then you've then got that whole problem about, about how do I actually connect it up to a modern display. And that and that at least is one of these things that this tries to solve. But there are loads and loads of better solutions than this for way less money. Um, and as I say, I you know, I think we're doing 
the whole of the internet and uh, and game gaming nostalgia freaks a, a favor by discouraging people from buying this system. How to connect your eight bit or and sixteen bit console to an HDTV? Yeah, you you need to buy more equipment. <laughs> you know, it's you need a to dongle. buy. Yeah, you need to buy things and try and get them to work. Yeah, and um, you know. Well, with that, we're going to wrap this episode of the Geeks Pub up. We uh, have a story that we've missed twice now, but we'll get to it eventually because nothing's <laughs> happening with it. Um, in fact, we've got quite a bit of content to talk about, but we keep kind of well. It's there. It's there for when we've yeah, got nothing when else. We to have talk nothing about. else. Yeah, which happens <laughs> right after so. Christmas. So, uh, David, Indeed. as always, uh, good to speak with you. I'll talk to you next week on uh, Tech Fan. And uh, we've already got quite a bit for TechFan next week, so I'm looking forward to it. Until then. Cool stuff.